Hello, everyone. A little bit of a preamble to this podcast. As the recording ended, we had news break of the injury and the surgery for Brandon Cambridge. Obviously, we wish him the best. We hope that his recovery is as swift as possible and it's as easy on him as it can be. We did not have that information until the recording was over. So we hope you enjoy it anyway. We know it affects a few of the things in this episode, but we think that it will still be enjoyable. So I will go ahead and I will send it over to me from about two and a half hours ago. This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means you're listening to another episode of the Crowncast. And it's going to sound a little different today uh, because literally everything that could have prevented this podcast from happening has attempted to happen. But don't worry. We got you. And here today with me is a man who I can, at this point in time, only describe as a saint because there are no other people that would have put up with what has happened. So, uh, with no further ado, it's Jerson. Hello, Jerson. Hello. Hi, y'all. I hope everybody is doing well. I know it's been a while, but I am glad to be back. I got stuck in um, the multiverse or something, but here I am. Yeah, is is it true that you have just have no recollection of what's gone on since the beginning of January? No, no, it's, it's almost like I closed my eyes open and then, and now I'm here in front of you. So I'm really excited to see um, hear about all the news that Charlotte Literacy has given us. Oh, uh, so much news! Yeah, so, so much news. Okay, Logan. Yeah. All right. So you gotta tell me. What's our signage? Like, who did we sign? I'm excited. All the signings. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, you know, we uh, we had a lot of holes in the squad at the end of last year. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We obviously not a great year. Didn't make the playoffs, but um, mm-hmm. not a lot of those holes I would say have been really addressed. Okay. So then. maybe we've signed like one or two. Technically speaking, we we've signed three. Te- technically speaking. Elaborate on the technicality. Well, we participated in the super draft. Uh, oh, so we're not talking about like already like experience like in a league type of. Yeah, as far as players that like would have been coming in and big okay. names or uh, you know, we could have seen direction of the club uh-huh. out of. There have been roughly none of those. Oh, well. Okay. Does, I'm assuming that that means that we haven't really let go of a lot of people then, right? Uh, you know, you would think that would be a logical conclusion, oh. considering. Uh, it would not be the right one. Oh, I mean, okay. uh, we've kind of let go of like seven or eight people, uh, including oh. two of our players who I think most people would describe as having superpowers. Oh. Uh, we let go of, of Mackenzie Gaines. Oh. Probably the fastest guy in Charlotte FC. And uh, we let go of Derek Jones. Oh. Who was probably the best, you know, ball retainer in Charlotte FC, hmm. uh, and we let go of a lot of other people. But we still don't really know whether Justin Merrim's coming back. Oh, um, maybe somebody out there does. I don't at time of recording. So does that mean that um, we made big money on Carol Sudersi? Yeah. Funny thing about that. Um, most recent reports are now saying that Carol Swiderski is kind of in good with Dean Smith. Dean Smith saying that, uh, you know, huh. because because he didn't sign them as DPs, he can he can say you got to work for your position here. And uh, huh. Dean Smith saying that, that that they're 
both him and Enzo uh, Enzo Copetti working real hard to show they belong at Charlotte FC. So, uh, huh? Yeah. Mm. That 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 sigh that you've just given. Hmm. It's kind of been the vibe. <laughs> Wait. So I hear there's a Dean Smith guy. That sounds new. Yeah, Dean Smith, a uh, new coach, come in. Okay. We've got a couple of videos of him uh, down in Miami. They went to preseason training, and down in Miami, uh, we've seen him tell the guys that uh, they need to mentally prepare for the season. What else? Uh, that they need to mentally prepare for the season. Also, that, that he the, said it. That he said it like one, two, and a third time, just to like before he started his real speech. Uh. Just that they need to mentally prepare for the season. Mm. That that the first game of the season was the most important time, and that that they needed to mentally prepare for it. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. we're okay. killing it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Honestly, Logan, I gotta tell you, a lot more news than what I expected. Yeah. Uh, now we're gonna go ahead and drop the act. Obviously, <laughs> if you're a Charlotte FC fan, you know all of this stuff already. Uh, Charlotte having a very uh, quiet window is probably the right way for me to say it. I think that a lot of people out there will have thought that by as time of recording six o'clock on Wednesday, the 24th, we would have seen more. We would have seen something in the background that made us go, yes, here's the plan. Here's the direction. And the direction at this point in time, uh, (laughs) even, even the sirens are telling us that there's a problem. Uh, The direction at this point in time, appears to be very floaty. It's got a lot of of bits and baubles of young players who it seems like they're hoping really develop into talent. Uh, we've seen some some talk. Probably the biggest news goes back to Tommy Wilson officially joining the club as uh, the technical director. We kind of already knew that. We've kind of discussed Tommy Wilson at length. Uh, the club that he comes from, very successful. He probably comes in with exactly the sort of resume that I want to see. But it's another front office guy. Are we holding off to give this guy a chance? Actually, you know what? That's a good question for you, Jerson. We sort of addressed it in the last one. But Tommy Wilson comes in. He's very successful finding players with talent and developing them alongside Dean Smith, coach who's very successful at finding players with talent and developing them. Do you think there could have been a hold off that just said, hey, we want time for Tommy to get in. We want time for him to acclimate, to see the guys. We want Dean Smith to see the guys. And once he's made his decision on where he feels like the holes in the squad are, then we're going to go out and make uh, make transfers. <clears throat> well, um, Maybe maybe that is what happened, and that's why it's been such a quiet season. <laughs> um, ideally, you would want to have the time to really settle in, just like in any sort of big, large position or job in general. Even if you work at the McDonald's line, you need to learn. But um, at this point, I'm kind of desperate, Logan. So I'm just I'm just here for for the ride. I, I'm here for. Whatever they provide for us this season, and clearly it hasn't been a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, we're talking about mostly hit and miss stuff here. This is probably going to end up being a very short podcast uh, because 
we can make a note that Miles Joseph has been named the associate head coach for Charlotte FC. It is for the first team. Uh, he comes to us from the Portland Timbers, another team I think that has a pretty good history in the MLS. So it's good to see some of uh, Josh's desire for more MLS talent coming to Charlotte FC, even though I'm pretty confident this is not how he intended it. We'll talk to him next time and find out if this is what he meant. Did he wish this into existence? He has been a coach there since 2018. So this is a guy who, from a history perspective, has been in the league for a while now. He's shown that he has stuck with uh, Portland Timbers for a while now. So he doesn't seem like the type of guy who is a carousel coach. He doesn't sound like somebody who is going to hop on Charlotte and in six months leave. I like the optics of all of that. But I have to admit, for somebody who has been so dug into the media side of the world, Jerson, I really don't like that the big media news, I don't like that the hype for the season, I don't like that the the way we're trying to get people excited, because we're not that far away, we're like a month away. 30-something right? days. Yeah. Now. Is, hey... Somebody you already knew who was joining the club a month ago officially joined, and Miles Joseph is now the associate head coach. It, it, there's something about that that doesn't scream excitement. Nah, I definitely don't see that big of a hype this season coming around. Um, I feel like first season, of course, even starting off, of course, we had that that record-breaking first game. Second season, we didn't quite hit the same mark on the first game, but it was still pretty high. I don't I don't I don't see us even packing out the bank as much as the first two years if I'm being honest with you. But I'm <coughs> definitely not excited. Um I think if anything I'm just I'm excited for the season to start just because of the fact that um, you know, we get to do this with more, more to talk to, more talked about, right? Yeah. More something to talk about. Well, and we get to go to games again. Yeah, like that's- we get to go to games. We get to talk about things, but right now it's just, it's, it's everything's dead right now. It's like we're bored. Bored. Uh, um, big announcement today, and no players, no signings, no nothing. Yeah, uh, and it, it seems like all the news we're getting at this point in time isn't even good news. So one of the big, big pieces of news that's dropped recently: no Albert Grombeck. What it appears to be, from my perspective here, is very clever positioning by Albert Grombeck's uh, agent, which, credit to him, I think that agents' jobs are they need to go get the best deal for their player they can possibly get. And one of the ways you show that there is interest in that player and that player should get a good deal is you show that somebody else wants that player to play for their club. So I think that there was some real courting by the agent with Charlotte FC. I think maybe Charlotte FC bit. Obviously, we don't have the inside information on who these people are talking to, etc. But I think Charlotte FC saw a young, promising, explosive midfielder who would fit their project. And Charlotte FC sort of said, yeah, that's our guy. That's going to be our target, our number one start target. And we talked about in the last one whether or not Charlotte kind of became victims of the perfect plan of whether they said, we're going to get Dean Smith and then we're going to get this big new signing, shiny signing, so everybody can talk about it. And then we're going to give time for these new guys to come in and acclimate so that they can pick who who are the building blocks around this project. 
and it seems like the agent is the one who, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Stole the cheese off the mousetrap? I feel like there's a better way to, to say that, but I don't have it in my brain right now. So the, the agent looks like he has been very successful in hyping up the player. It now looks like there is going to be a deal agreed with Bodo Glimt, where he stays at Bodo Glimt, but for more money than he would have otherwise gotten. Whoever that guy's agent is, I think he deserves a round of applause. Yeah. Well, well done. Yeah. For the rest of us, especially those of us here at Charlotte FC, bit of a downer. Jerson, would you say that's fair? Thoughts on thoughts on Albert Grombeck not looking like he's going to end up at Charlotte? Um. Yeah. I think that obviously it's disappointing. I try to look at it from this perspective that a lot of young players want to make the big move in Europe. I think that that's really the desired area to go, whether it's any of the top five leagues. Um, and although he is 22, I believe, right? I think, yeah, there? I believe he was 22. I think that that's already an age where players are starting to begin that process. And I guess I can understand from that perspective him maybe thinking that coming this direction will not help further boost there's a lot of South American players, um, Central American players that do come to the MLS to boost in order for them to achieve their dreams to go to Europe. Mm-hmm. So I, from that perspective, it makes sense. Um, I didn't see it as realistic. Now, obviously, taking into consideration that this was the biggest bid that we've ever done in Charlotte history. Yeah, the the last confirmed one I saw was $9.5 million. Yeah. There are reports that Charlotte talked about 10 I haven't seen anything confirmed that Charlotte... Put in a ten million. Right. Bid. I get. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because one, it makes our league not feel as important. It just make you know, f- we don't want to feel like it's a farmers league. But whenever we get snubbed this way, it kind of does make us feel like this. And especially not just the league, but as a team like general, because obviously we got some old but big names going to like Miami and, and things like that. I would love to have a big name come to the club. Yeah, I think it was one of those things that we were talking about the whole time. We said, if we can do this, it really sends a message. It shows who we are as a club. It shows our desire to go out and be better than a club that's just scraping into playoffs. The fact that it hasn't happened makes me sad. And really, I don't know that I want to go further into it other than it makes me sad. I do think our intention was clear with this player. I don't think it panned out the way they expected. That all kind of seems like, you know, obvious stuff, but that's where we are at the moment. I, you know, I will briefly talk on Dean Smith's comments for Carol and Enzo. Or we, we talked about the fact that he has come out and said that they weren't his DP signings which means that he can look at them and say, you have to show me you deserve to be a DP here. You can't you can't skate on your DP title. I'm not the one who brought you in here. I will bring you out is kind of the vibe that the, the quote gave from him. But it then goes on to say a very media narrative-y thing of, oh, Charlotte FC is trying to repair the relationship with, with Carol Swiderski by saying that, that he's working really hard for Dean Smith and he he's really showing up to be a part of Charlotte FC again. This is still a guy who essentially told the world he wanted out of Charlotte FC. And if he shows up in a Charlotte FC shirt for the beginning of season three, I will back him. I will want him to be the best player he can possibly be. I will want him to score goals. I will want him to do the badge proud. 
but there's always going to be that little that little mark on his name for me of this is a guy who 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 said he wanted out and made it very clear he didn't want to be here anymore. This stuff happens in football. I think if they want to save the reputation of Carol Schroederski, they really need to have him come out. They need to have him go to the the media, talk to the podcast, talk to the TV, uh, talk to everybody. Put a statement from Carol Schroederski out that says, hey, I know I was a little down on Charlotte FC. Make it honest. Make people feel like they're not being bamboozled. I was a little down on Charlotte FC. I didn't see where the project was going under Christian Latanzio. I've gotten the chance to work with Dean Smith, and he's blown me away, right? I think without a statement from Carol like that, there's just going to generally be a sense of meh around his name. Jerson, do you think that's unfair? I mean, I know this stuff happens all the time, but... No, it's definitely not unfair because regardless of whether he was our highest scorer last season or the player that really made the difference in the field, no player is bigger than the team, and... I think his issue was that him making it verbal and letting it go out in the media like that was whenever he did that, it was a way of him taking it into his own hands because clearly the team was not willing to let it happen. So whenever he made it public, that's whenever things like he basically let all the secrets out, you know, and it is it is what it is. I think that on on a personal note, I would have loved for him to go. And that's just because of the fact that, like I said, no player is bigger than the team. If he wants to go, there's no reason to keep him. I will cheer. If he scores, I will cheer. And I'll just hope and pray that he has a good season for us and maybe has a better season than last year. So maybe his stock will go up and then maybe he'll go somewhere where he wants to go. And we can make money out of that. <laughs> you heard it here first. Carol Schroderski, uh, in at the end of next season, being sold for $150 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely going to happen. Will it into existence? Yep. I, I will say, Enzo Capetti is one that I have had question marks around. I know, Jerson, you like Enzo. In in your words, he has the dog in him. Arf, arf, um, arf. I have I have gone back and forth on Enzo... I have found things about him I like. I found things about him I don't like. I thought that Carol, when he made those comments, I thought, well, Carol's gone no matter what. I thought, worst scenario, Carol is out the door for not nearly as much money as we want him to be out for. And then I thought, well, at least now Enzo's going to get a shot. Assuming he sticks around Charlotte, there have been talks about the fact that he was not happy at Charlotte. Enzo's going to get a shot to be the guy. Right. If Carol's gone, at the very least, unless we sign, you know, some unless we sign somebody like, uh, you know, Kylian Mbappe is too big. But unless we sign somebody whose name is just a different level, Enzo Capetti is going to get a chance to be the guy for Charlotte FC and prove that he can stay fit, that he can do it, that he can score the goals, that he can be the the symbol of the team. Do you think that there has been some unfairness on Enzo? And assuming he sticks around, do you think that that he could be the symbol of the team? I definitely think that he can. Um, I'm a big believer at the fact that a a striker especially can only do as much as the team does for him. And I think that 
him coming into Charlotte FC, FC, especially under Latanzio, he didn't really have a team that played <coughs> for him as a striker. Um, so I think that if there is some changes, especially with Dean Smith this season, I think that they could definitely make him and then he um, be the same player he was whenever he was in Racing his last season. That being said, Carroll's still here. We already know, especially going towards that late end of the season, the the arguing, the who's going to take the penalty issue um, that was happening on the field. So if we if I, I look at it this way, if Enzo wants to be that player, then he needs to really put the whole team on his shoulders, not just on the field, but practice and be a true leader on that field in order for people to give him that trust that that he feels like he deserves. And I think that this season, it could be a complete different season for him. I really like what you say there. He needs to be a leader, not an icon, mm-hmm. right? He, I, he's not going to succeed, especially if Carroll stays. He's not going to succeed being the guy who is on the front page of the papers. He needs to succeed in the locker room. He needs to succeed with the guys coming in. He needs to be a good mentor. Mm-hmm. And then he needs to succeed as the guy in the papers, right? Yeah. I think he's got a hard task in front of him. <clears throat> According to Dean Smith, both him and Carol Schroderski are raring to show that they, they're on it and they want to succeed here at Charlotte FC. So I guess the best to both of them. Uh, one guy who at this point in time clearly does not want to be his best at Charlotte FC is Kamal Yuzhviak. If you have not seen it, there are basically reports at this point in time that he's gone. He did not appear at preseason training. He did not go to Miami with the rest of the team. As far as it is being quoted by the club, he is effectively gone. Both himself and the club are looking for other opportunities for Kamal Yuzhviak, and a lot of people are making quotes that you know he had a pretty rough time, and it's the end to not a very great showing at Charlotte FC. Jerson, how do you feel about the comments that his time at Charlotte FC was, was not well-lived? Uh, well, I think that he had a lot of good sparks. I'm, I'm sure that you would agree too. But it's hard to really continue to defend a player when he tends to not be available. And then when he is available, he's not making the mark enough to be chosen to be in the front, uh, in the starting lineup. So I, I liked the way that he played only whenever he would be the player that would run fast and look and get the ball in order for him to cross it to the middle. Those are the only times that I really valued his gameplay. Um, don't get me wrong. He's still a fantastic player. Um, but I do agree that maybe he um, won't fit, um, especially this new team or this new way of playing that Dean Smith is going to to bring us. And I'm hoping that it's going to be a complete different type of team come the first game of the season. And I'm hoping that we're going to see a lot of different changes in the, in the playing style that we have and all I can say is that I trust our coach. It, he has several more years of experience, especially in bigger leagues. So if he feels like Camille is not up to the par, it's sad to see him go. But, you know, we have to make room for, especially since he has that DP spot, that, that very sought out for DP spot. Yeah, I think one thing you mentioned there that, that is, is a good tack on is we have seen a couple of guys from the Crown Legacy get officially announced as first-team 
players. One of them that we have not seen officially announced. Not that you know we should be talking bad about João Pedro uh, or Chaturo Dunze, the keeper. I think they both probably earned that that pathway. The one we were all expecting was Nikola Petkovic. Mm-hmm. And in order for him to move up, we need a DP slot. Yeah. I think that Charlotte kind of expected that there was going to be a move where Carroll moved off, where we brought in Albert Grombeck, who would not have filled that. I think he would have fit a different slot, and we could have moved Nikola Petkovic up to the main team. Again, the perfect plan has gone awry, and... No Albert Grombeck, no moving of Carol Schroderski. Now we we have the need to do something. And a guy who has struggled both for form and for fitness at Charlotte FC in... Oh man, it's terrible that I say a guy who has struggled for both form and fitness at Charlotte FC could be either... Could, could be two people in both uh, Kamal Yushviak and Enzo Capetti. But... I have a memory of watching Kamil go get fit at the Crown Legacy. And he ran all over that pitch in one of the cups. He wanted it more than anybody else. His feet were hot. He was the guy. But that guy just didn't come out that often. And to be so inconsistent and then to go experience the, the issues with fitness and health, it just... It, it never really felt like at the end it was going to work out for Kamal Yushviak. And now it seems like the time to move on has come. Any final thoughts you want to talk about, Kamil? No, I think I just I wish him the best. I'm sure that if he just focuses on if, if he's hurt coming back 100 percent, I'm sure that um, he will be successful. I mean, we've seen him. Um, especially last season for the beginning part, he, he scored a lot of goals for us. And he, mm-hmm. for a, a small period of time, was our highest scorer. Um, so I, I wish him nothing but the best. Um, of course, he'll always be part of the Charlotte FC history. Um, and, you know, just, I hope that he continues to have a successful career. Yeah, all the best to him. Obviously, we wish him well. Uh, we are coming up on some deadlines for the MLS and I say that improperly, as has been uh, shown by a few people on Twitter. There's some nervousness around signing players that I think at this point in time we have to acknowledge is real and is legitimate. If you are out there and you are nervous that Charlotte FC is not signing players, I think you have a right to be that. If at this point in time you're very patient and you're understanding more power to you, I think you have a, a very strong mentality and good for you. But if you're worried and if you're a little bit on the edge of your seat, I don't think you are in the wrong. It has been pointed out that January is not the end of the MLS signing period. January is the famous signing period in Europe where in the middle of their season, they can go and they can make changes. And that does end at the end of January. As far as the MLS goes, we can sign players through April. And some of our biggest signings in the past have come well outside of the January window. Jerson, my question to you is this. One, the optics don't look great, right? From a media perspective, the optics are not ideal. But from a player perspective, how big is the difference between coming in January 13th, having the chance to go on preseason with the team, having the chance to work in different uh, in practice matches and in things in your role, 
and coming in on April 3rd, part of the season's already behind you. You really don't get to bet in. You're just thrown into it. You haven't had a chance to learn Charlotte. How big is the difference for you? I think that it's very important because whenever you come in in January, you also have that time where you get to build that bond with your teammates as well as with your coach and the whole staff. Um, I look at it from a sense like Diagara. And Diagara, you know, he had a lot of good moments for us, let's let's be honest. But he came into a team and ultimately he came to be a starter. So that means that he took somebody's position. And when you look at it from that perspective, I'm sure that somebody who has been in this starting lineup and working real hard um, for the first half of the season to just have someone randomly come and you're immediately put in the bench, I'm sure that that can be a blow to one's personal self-esteem as well as maybe some team um, bonding. So I think that it makes more sense to buy now. That way we can have everybody acclimated, all unite and be a team. Because we know, we know how the season is. We know, we especially know our team, and we also know that not everybody gets along, but once we are in that field, we all are one. So I think that on my perspective, it's more important to buy now, get him acclimated, um, and then play together. But what do I know, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, and you know, you use the example of Brechtiagra. I think he's actually a really good example because of how unusual it was that he came in and was immediately effective, right? Brecht came in, he hit the ground running, our attack immediately improved. I think that is the rare example. Mm -hmm. If you look across the world at signings who've come in in the middle of seasons, even the ones who've come in in the middle of seasons where they had two or three weeks to acclimatize, oftentimes their first six months aren't that great. Certainly their first couple of weeks usually aren't that great. We were talking off mic about Luka Modric, who I think most people would consider to be one of the best midfielders potentially who's ever lived, and certainly one of the best midfielders of the last 15, 20 years. When he went to Real Madrid, and Jerson, you will know this better than I will, being a, a more knowledgeable about Real, when he went to Real Madrid, apparently he wasn't that great in his first year. Would you call that fair? Yeah, well, actually, the... The fans voted as the worst signing of the year. So out of every single signing that happened that year, he was the worst, according to the fans. And I even look at the at the comparison of whenever they do like the presentations at um, El Santiago Bernabeu, how you know Ronaldo had like a hundred thousand people showed up, Tony Cruz had twenty thousand people to show up, and then Luca Modric had three thousand people. A majority of the stands were empty, and he was just there, happy to be there. And look at you know what like twelve years now. He has revolutionized that midfield, and he's still going at it at the age of 37 or 38. So uh, you never really know. Yeah, you never know. Uh, somebody could come in and be really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Somebody could come in and, and need time to acclimatize. For some of them, that time may not be preseason. For some of them, they may need a year. For some of them, they may need more than that. And that's going to lead me to my final question for the night. Jersen, and that is how long do you give a new signing? Assuming Charlotte FC eventually decides to sign someone. Obviously unproven at this point in time. I think that's fair to say. But assuming they eventually decide to sign someone, how long does a signing have to come in and show that, that they were a good move? 
That's a good question because I feel like there's a lot of factors that go behind it. Of course, if we're talking about big money moves, people want it to be effective immediately. Um, if we're talking about a rising star, you know, it's a lot of things that play a part. I I guess I would personally give him six, the, the, the first half of the season, maybe to the whole season, just to have them be acclimated. Because let's look at the example of Enzo. You know, Enzo came in with big hype, big hype. And then he ended up not being as talked about as we expected because he had a very shy season. Um, so it's hard to tell. Um, we are about to start a new season. And well, for all we know, he might be killing it this season. You, we don't know. Um, so I think for me, it would be six six months to a year, um, get him acclimated. And then if it's not working out, then we move from that. And I think that Charlotte has done that a lot with a lot of players, just like, for example, another player that has been in the news. And obviously we can't confirm anything, but like Vinicius Melo, who was brought in as a big, like a big prospect and how he was going to be big for the team was he came out of injury and everything. And he played maybe one or two games throughout the season of coming off the bench. And then he got dropped down to crown. And now he there's talk about him wanting to leave. I can't confirm nor deny. I'm just here to tell you what I read. So you never know. It just depends. Yeah, Vicinius Mello had the whole world in his hand. I think that there were a lot of people, myself included, who thought his talent was outstanding. I think that a lot of people would have said he has the the chance and the right to go in and, and probably based on the way things have happened, I would say Vicinius Mello has done that to himself. I would say there's probably an element of that being a young man who's maybe a little too young at this point in time and hasn't quite figured out how to not just hold down his role in the squad, but hasn't figured out how to be a team player. And really, unless you're, unless you're one of the best players in the world, and there are examples, <clears throat> Mesodozel, of players who, even though they are, you know, the most talented people in the world, they're not willing to be a part of the team. They're not willing to be a, a part of, of the ship. Uh, they believe they're bigger than the ship. And that, that sinks the ship. If we look at that example of Mesodozel, we're not even going to talk about his time at Arsenal. We'll talk about when he, after he had left Arsenal and went to Turkey. He continued his sort of ways of, eh, I'm not really going to play. If I have to, to travel long distance, I'll just say I'm sick. And mm-hmm. he'll continue his ways of, of talking good on social media, but not showing up to training or not putting, his, putting the work in in training. I mean, he, he only made it in Turkey for like six games before they benched him. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, this is a guy who at Real Madrid was the premier talent of of the number 10 position, at which at the time was the most important position in the game. This guy had everything. And the truth is nobody's bigger than the ship. Right? Nobody, the no ship. one is bigger than the badge is the way that it should be. And I think Vicinius Mello might have, might have learned that the hard way. <laughs> we will start to wrap it up there it's going to be a short one uh but we hope you understand there were some challenges getting this one out uh so first and foremost thank you to you dear listener if you have decided to spend your time with us as ever we love you if you get the chance do us a favor go online and say thank you to jerson because i wasn't kidding uh he went through like six brick walls to make this happen so uh, thank you so much, Jerson. Of course. Glad to be back. Glad to have you back. Uh, we're definitely going to be hearing from you more, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Come come the, the start of the season, I will definitely be 
hopefully gonna gonna be talking to a lot of you guys more uh, regularly. Uh, I've, as you guys know, I have been on and off just because I've had a couple of life changing things in my life, but I am glad to be back. Um, so, Jerson, can I say it on mic? Can yeah, I yeah, of course. So, uh, there's another reason you should go and say thank you, not thank you. You should go and congratulate Jerson, and that is because uh, you, sir, are now wearing a wedding ring. I am, yes. So, sorry for all the people who who wanted me in their lives, um, but I am officially out of the market. I'm still here to provide nothing but happiness and joy to you through this microphone. And thank you, uh, Logan, for for congratulating me. Um, it's definitely a very happy and life-changing moment. And, you know, we're just here for the ride. Let's see what the season brings us. <laughs> hey, we are we are happy to congratulate you. You are now a married man and, and good for you, my guy. It has been great talking to you. We're going to go ahead and close it out. Uh, we will talk to you again next Wednesday. Maybe if I jinx it the other way, when Charlotte FC has definitely not bought any players, we'll try it. Goodbye. Queen City Podcast Network.com.